ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الحدي حدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم شر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار اما بعد so we continue ايها الاخوه with the third lesson or that third hadith from this book this kitab al arba'un an-nawawiyya the 40 hadith compiled by imam an-nawawi and we already have covered two from those 40 ahadith and, each, and we mentioned that in actual reality the book consists of not 40 hadith but 42 or 42 42 42 ahadith the first hadith what hadith was that inma al-a'mal bin-niyat وَإِنَّمَا لِكُلِّ مَرِئٍ مَا نَوَى That hadith that discussed the importance of al-ikhlas and the importance of the niyyah, the of one's intention. And that hadith was narrated by who? Amr al-Khattab. And these ahadith that the imam, he put together, ayyul ikhwa, were not just random ahadith that he just put together. random ahadith that he decided okay these 40 or 42 ahadith let me bring them together without thinking about what he's putting together and that's it but these ahadith the imam he compiled them brought them together in different abwab different, uh, different chapters and different topics um, but he chose a hadith that yani the religion comprises around and very important ahadith such as the two ahadith that we have already uh discussed and been through the explanation of those ahadith these ahadith include the topics of al-ikhlas sincerity doing things purely for the sake of allah and likewise the usul of the religion and the arkan and the pillars of the religion the foundations of the religion like we discussed last week and also a hadith prophetic narrations that revolve around fadail virtues the virtues of all the different types of actions that there are in islam the adab and the akhlaq of the muslim mannerisms and the character of the muslim muamalat dealings and all kinds of topics the imam he chose a hadith and he compiled them here in this book so that the muslim has some basics as it relates to his religion as a whole the second hadith was the hadith of jibril 
hadith of Jibreel, narrated by Umar, also Ibn al-Khattab. And that hadith of Jibreel, at the beginning, the Sahaba, they were, they were unaware that it was Jibreel. But towards the end of the hadith, we learn that that person who came and that man who came, who was a stranger to the, to the Sahaba, and one who, yani his appearance was strange due to him not having the signs of being a traveler, nor was he someone who the, the Sahaba were familiar with. However, towards the end, it came to light that that was Jibreel who came to teach them the religion. We mentioned the reason why he came. What was that reason? Ah. The Sahaba, the Sahaba, they were forbidden from asking. But not forbidden in a way which made it completely haram for them to ask anything. Because we learn also that there were those who came and they would ask the Prophet ﷺ concerning the religion. They would ask him concerning salah and about giving in charity the zakat, the obligatory charity, and the fasting, and the hajj. When that man, he came and he asked, and he said, is there anything beyond this upon me that I have to do? And the messenger of Allah Wasallam he said, no, except that you come with that which is optional. So the five daily prayers, obligatory upon you. But if you were to pray any other prayers from the optional prayers and the recommended prayers, then that is يعني, optional. You don't have to do them, but it's optional. It's good if you do. Likewise, the zakat. After beyond the zakat, if you want to give anything, then it's optional. And fasting, likewise. And the hajj. Obligatory, one time in a person's life, if he is able. And anything beyond that, then it's optional. And so the sahaba, they mentioned that we were amazed when a man would come and he would ask uh, 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 in this type of question, the, uh, uh, he had some kind of intelligence. When a Bedouin would come and he had some kind of intelligence and he would ask a question that we would all benefit from. Which shows that it wasn't haram for the people to ask. But the way of the Sahaba was that if they were forbidden, and in this verse that we mentioned, the verse that we mentioned last week, يَا أَيُّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَا تَسْأَلُوا عَنْ إِن لَكُمْ تَسُؤْكُمْ All you who believe, do not ask about things. إِن لَكُمْ That which, if these matters become clear to you, then they will trouble you and harm you. And we mentioned some of the reasons and the explanations that the scholars they gave concerning this last week. But that this verse here was not a complete prohibition of the Sahaba asking, but rather a, for, a, forbidden, a, yani, a, a forbidden from asking those things which were harmful to them. Not that it was forbidden to ask at all, but from those things, an ashya, from things that if they become clear to you, like the man who asked, who is my father? And the man who asked, where is my father? Is he in paradise or hellfire? That these things, if a person comes to know of them, uh, if the answer is something that he doesn't like, then it's going to trouble him and harm him. 
So these kind of questions they were forbidden from asking. However, the way of the Sahaba was that when the likes of this would come, then they would stay away completely. This is how they were from their, يعني, from them desiring يعني, not to fall into something which is haram or something which is disliked. They would go يعني, that extra mile to make sure they stay away from anything which is يعني, remotely disliked. And that is why when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the verse, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَا تَرْفَعُوا أَسْوَاتَكُمْ فَوْقَ صَوْتِ النَّبِيِّ O you who believe, do not raise your voices above the voice of the Messenger of Allah وسلم. وَلَا تَجْحَرُوا لَهُ يعني بالقول كَجَحْرِ بَعْدِكُمْ لِبَعْضِ and don't يعني, raise your voice with him. The way in how you raise your voices with, with one another. And tahbata a'malukum. That your deeds now become يعني, invalid and pointless. Naam. Ashirk, ayyul ikhwa, nullifies the good deeds. That which we've been learning in the Wednesday class. Shirk nullifies the good deeds. But also, there are other nullifiers. Here, the scholars they mention, for a person to raise his voice above the voice of the Messenger of Allah, or in the time of the Sahaba, but also the one who, يعني, he, he gives pre- preference to his uh, opinion over the opinion of the Messenger of Allah, over the call of the Messenger of Allah. When this verse was revealed, a companion by the name of Thabit bin Qais. Thabit bin Qais, when this verse was revealed, he stayed at home and didn't come out. Spent his days, days and nights at home. When this verse was revealed, crying. And the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he used to long to see his companions. He used to long to see them. He would miss them. If they wouldn't come around, he would miss them and ask about them. And Thabit was one who used to have a loud voice. He used to have a loud voice. Thabit bin Qais. And so, when this verse was revealed, he stayed at home, day and night, at home crying. And then the, when the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam realized that Thabit is missing, he hasn't been coming around, he sent some from, from amongst the Sahaba to go and call him. And then when he came, the Messenger of Allah said, what is it that makes you cry? He said that I feared that this verse was revealed concerning me. I feared that this verse was revealed concerning me. That all of my actions would become nullified. So this was the way of the Sahaba, Ayyul Ikhwa. Then the Messenger of Allah he said, does it not please you that you live a praiseworthy life and that you go on to die as a martyr and that you enter Jannah? That you enter Jannah. So he, Thabit bin Qais, is from those who has been guaranteed Jannah. Not just the ten that we are aware of, there are others. Yes, the ten ma'roof and has come in the hadith, a hadith. But there are also others 
Here the Messenger of Allah said, Does it not please you that you enter Jannah? And so as Sheikh Ibn Thameen, he mentions that, so here we hold the belief that Thabit bin Qais is guaranteed Jannah. And also, in other hadith, like Uqasha, uh, huh? Ibn Mahsan, the one, when the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he mentioned that there will be 70,000 from this Ummah who will enter Jannah without Hisab, without Athab, without reckoning and without punishment. And so then he asked, he said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, make dua that I am from them. And he said, You are from them. So we hold the belief also that Uqasha is also from those guaranteed paradise. Likewise, the black woman who she used to have fits. And then she said to the Messenger of Allah, make dua for me. Because when I have these fits, my aura becomes uncovered. Make dua to Allah that He cures me. The Messenger of Allah, He said, If you are patient, then for you is Jannah. If you are patient, then for you is Jannah. And so she preferred Jannah. And so she didn't ask that He makes dua. That Allah cures her from this. Uh, yani from the sickness But she made dua She asked him to make dua That her aura Doesn't become, become uncovered And so the messenger of Allah Made dua for her And then Thereafter Whenever she had a fit Her aura was never uncovered Due to the dua of the messenger of Allah However she is from those Also Guaranteed Jannah Tayyip so, we come to that third, that third hadith. And this hadith is very similar to the hadith or some of that which was mentioned in the previous hadith, the hadith of Jibreel. Because when he came to the, to the Sahaba and he came to the Messenger of Allah, he asked about, the first thing he asked was Islam. What is Islam? And the Messenger of Allah sallallahu he responded. And he said, Al-Islam, and tashhada an la ilaha illallah, wa anna Muhammad Rasulullah. And he went on to mention the five pillars in Islam. And then he asked concerning Al-Iman. He mentioned the six pillars of Iman. And then, Al-Ihsan. And he mentioned what Ihsan was. And that is, that a person, he worships Allah, as though he sees him, and even though he doesn't see him, or if he doesn't reach that level where he can worship Allah, as though he, he sees Allah, but he should know that Allah sees him. And then he went on to ask about the last day, when is the last day? And when the Messenger of Allah he said, The one being asked doesn't know any better than the one who is asking, and he gave him. Some signs, some signs. We delayed explaining the the pillars, the five pillars of Islam and the six pillars of Iman. Although we studied them in detail, some detail, uh, when we studied the previous book before this kitab, before this book, uh, Imam al-Nawi's 40 hadith, uh, in the book Thalathatul Usul, the three fundamental principles. But we delayed explaining these pillars uh, until today because this hadith, the, the third hadith, 
consists of the five pillars also. An explanation of the five pillars. And this hadith was narrated by Abi Abdurrahman, Abdullah bin Amr ibn Khattab radiallahu anhuma, قال that he said, so this is Abdullah ibn Amr, he said, سَمِعْتُ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ I heard the, message, the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول, say, بُنِيَ الْإِسْلَامُ عَلَى خَمْسِ Islam is built upon five. Shahadati an la ilaha illallah wa anna Muhammad Rasulullah wa iqam as-salah wa ita'i az-zakah wa hajj al-bayt wa sawm Ramadan. Islam is built upon five. The testification that none has the right to be worshipped in truth except for Allah. And that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. And to establish the prayer and to give the obligatory charity, the zakat, and to perform the hajj, to perform the hajj, wasawm Ramadan, and to fast the month of Ramadan. So this is the third hadith. The hadith that was recorded by the, the two imams, Al-Bukhari and Muslim. As for the companion narrating this hadith, Abdullah ibn Umar ibn Khattab, that he is the son of Umar ibn Khattab that we uh, are familiar with now. We mentioned something of the seerah of Umar in the previous sessions, something from his, from his fada'il, from his virtues. He is, his kunya was Abu Abdurrahman. He was known as Abu Abdurrahman, the father of Abdurrahman. And this is something that the scholars they mention, and the Sheikh Ibn Taymin he mentions here, that the kunya is every name that begins with Ab, or Um, or Akh, or Khal. So here, Abu Abdurrahman. Abu Abdurrahman, the father of Abdurrahman. His name here, we know, is Abdullah. Also, like the kunya of Aisha, anyone know the kunya of Aisha? Hmm? Um Abdullah. Um Abdullah. So Um, the mother of Abdullah. And so the Sheikh here, here, he mentions that this was his kunya. But his name was, was Abdullah. And the Sheikh, he mentions the point here, most of us are aware, but for those who are not, then whenever the name of a companion is mentioned, then the scholars, they mention that if the companion narrating the hadith was a Muslim, yeah, and he was a Muslim, no doubt the one narrating from the Messenger of Allah, Muslim. If his father was also Muslim, then we say, Radiallahu anhuma, in the dual form. And so here, with, with Abdullah, we say, Radiallahu anhuma. May Allah be pleased with both of them. Meaning who? Abdullah and Umar. However, if the companion, his father was not Muslim, then we say, 
radiallahu anhu. May Allah be pleased with him. And so from those whose father was also Muslim, here, the, the, the Sahabi in uh, topic here, Abdullah ibn Amr, also Zayd ibn Thabit, Usama ibn Zayd, Usama ibn Zayd, also Aisha bint Abu Bakr, and you have companions whose father yani, was not Muslim, like huh? Ali, like Ali bin Abi Talib. And so here, this, this is something which most of us are aware of, but yani, um, uh, it's good for us to remind ourselves of this, that whenever uh, a companion is mentioned, and if you were to say his father's name also, and he was, a, he was also Muslim, then uh, it is good for us to say, and recommended for us to say, radiallahu anhuma. Abdullah was born, Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma, was born in the third year after the Ba'tha. The third year after the Messenger of Allah was born. Or Afwan was sent as a, as, a, as a prophet. Third year. Third year after the Prophet was sent as a prophet. Muhammad was sent as a prophet. And he became Muslim when he was young. Some say he became Muslim with his father. Some say he became Muslim even before his father, Amr. And he, he migrated with his father, with Amr, when he was 10 years old. 10 years old. As we know that if he was born in the third year after the Ba'tha, and we know that the Hijrah, when was the Hijrah? In the 13th year. So from the point the Messenger of Allah was commissioned as a prophet, and the Hijrah was how many years? Hmm? 13. However, he was born in the third year after the Ba'tha. So take away three years. From those 13 years, that's 10 years. So he was 10, year, 10, 10 years old when he made the Hijrah with his father, Abdullah ibn Umar. And he died at the age of 85. Difference of opinion from amongst the scholars. Uh, some say 85, 84, and some say 86, 87. Uh, but he was known, Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma, he, he was known for his strong desire of following the sunnah. To the point where he would even, if there was a tree that the messenger, that he was aware of, that the messenger of Allah would stop and rest by, he would go to that tree and rest by that tree. In Hajj, in Arafah, Wherever the Prophet stood, he would, st he would stand there. From his strong desire to follow the sunnah and the, the way of the, me the Messenger of Allah. He narrated from many of the Sahaba, he narrated from the, th the four Khulafa. He narrated, he narrated a hadith, he narrated a hadith from, from uh, Abu Bakr, from Umar, from Uthman, Ali, and many others from the Sahaba. This was Abdullah ibn Umar. In fact, he was from the Mukthirin, Mukthirin of the hadith. Meaning, he narrated more than a thousand ahadith. He narrated many ahadith. Abdullah ibn Umar. The hadith here, 
Abdullah ibn Umar, he mentions that the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Buniya al-Islam ala khams. Islam is built upon five. And he mentioned the five pillars. But a question that comes to mind is that in the previous hadith, Jibreel ﷺ, he asked about Islam. And the Messenger of Allah ﷺ, he said, the five pillars of Islam, he explained them. But the question is, what's different between this hadith and that which came concerning the five pillars and that which came concerning the five pillars in the hadith of Jibreel? Hmm? That's the difference. That in this hadith, if you noticed, he mentioned Hajj before Som Ramadan, fasting Ramadan. So that's one difference. But there's another difference. And we'll come to that. We'll come to explaining that. There's another difference. What's the difference here? In the hadith of Jibreel, he said, Akhbirni anil Islam. Inform me, tell me about Islam. And he said, Al-Islam, Islam, and tashhad an la ilaha illallah is that you bear witness and no one has the right to be worshipped except for Allah until the end. And he explained the, the five pillars. But in this hadith, Bunya al-Islam ala khams. Islam is built upon five. And then the five, he mentioned the five pillars with Hajj being mentioned before Soma Ramadan. But what's the difference? <laughs> Naam, that's, that's a, yes, that, that was mentioned. But moving away from Hajj and the Som issue. MashaAllah alaik. Naam, in this hadith, here, the Prophet he said, Buniya. Buniya, Islam is built upon five. But in the hadith of Jibreel, it's possible that you can understand that Islam is only these five things. Islam is only these five things. However, in this hadith, the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar, here what you understand is, is Buniya al-Islam, and Islam is built upon five things. Not that Islam is just five things, but yani the rest of Islam is built upon five main pillars. And then there are other things. Because Arkan, as we mentioned in, some, in the previous lectures, Arkan, Usul, Qawaid, these, mean, these words here, Usul, fundamentals or pillars, the meaning of these words yani, uh, is that they form the foundation. They form the foundation. And they give way or they, yani they form the foundation for that which comes after. So there is more. Obedience to the parents. To be good to the parents. Commanding the good, forbidding the evil. To be yani kind and good to the, to the needy. And to the wayfarer and to the orphans. To be good to the neighbors. Uh, to uh, yeah, I need to um, re even remove something harmful from the road. All of these things are from Islam. However, in this hadith, what we understand is that these are the five pillars, but there, uh, there are other matters that are built upon these five pillars. Another question, and that is in this hadith, here, why wasn't Iman mentioned? Like the hadith of Jibreel. Why wasn't Iman mentioned 
like the hadith of Jibreel. Hmm? Yes? Uh-huh. Sah? Yes? So we mentioned, we mentioned that in the three fundamentals class, that if Islam, and we have the two words, Islam and Iman, and that if Islam is mentioned on its own, then comprises of the Islam and Iman. And it comprises of both meanings. But if it's mentioned, if they're mentioned together, then they both take their separate meanings. And Islam means? Hmm? The, the outward actions and the actions of the limbs. And Iman? The inward. The inward actions. Tayyip. Here in this hadith, Bunya al-Islam ala khams, Islam is only mentioned. Yes. From this explanation, then Iman enters into that. The scholars they mention here that that first testification or that first pillar which is the testification of La ilaha illallah and that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah that here when a person bears witness of these two matters because the shahada is in reality shahadatan two testifications the first that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone has the right to be worshipped and the second is that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah and this here this here includes, includes this first pillar, includes the pillars of Iman. That is why in some hadith, there is the mention that the Messenger of Allah, he would say to those who would accept Islam, that they would bear witness, and they would say the shahada, and sometimes with the addition, وَأَنَّ الْجَنَّةَ حَقَّ And that Jannah, it's true. And that na, the Nar, the hellfire is true. And also that Isa ibn Maryam, Jesus, son of Mary, huh? is that kalima that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he bestowed upon Mary. So these are matters of iman. He's belief in the messengers, belief in the, in, the, in the last day, paradise and hellfire. And so the scholars I mentioned here, that this is from Tasmir to Shay Biba'adi. That yani something is mentioned or naming something with يعني, just a portion of, of what that thing يعني, consists of. Just as you say, for example, Qaratul Hamd. Qaratul Hamd. I read Alhamd. What is that what does that refer to? I, I recited or I read Alhamd. Surah Al-Fatiha, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Rahim. But a person just suffices by saying, Qaratul Hamd. I read Alhamd. But it's referring to the whole surah. Not just Alhamd, the word, but the whole surah. And so here, um, the, the scholars, they explain that by mentioning that the first uh, pillar, uh, it consists of those pillars. Uh, when a person says, La ilaha illallah, None has a right to be worshipped in truth except for Allah, and Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. That he, by his testification here, and him believing 
in Allah, and that the worship belongs to Allah alone, and that Muhammad is the messenger from Allah, then he believes in everything that came with the messenger of Allah, his risala, his message, and that includes the pillars of Iman. That includes the pillars of Iman. We come to the question, or to the matter, that came up, and that is, why Saum, in the hadith of Jibreel, the fasting of Ramadan, was mentioned before Hajj, but in this hadith, after. So Ramadan is mentioned after Hajj. So, how do we explain this? Because the scholars, they mention that as it relates to the order, as it relates to the order of importance, because the shahada, no doubt, is the, yani the main foundation, for, even from these five foundations, these pillars. The rest of the pillars, the four other pillars, don't mean anything if the person doesn't come with that first testification, that first shahada. If a person doesn't believe in that, even if he was to pray, fast, give in charity, and perform the hajj, doesn't mean anything. It will not be accepted from him. That is why we have the hadith of Mu'adh ibn, uh, when the messenger of Allah وسلم, he sent Mu'adh ibn Jabal to Yemen and he said that the first thing that you call them to be the shahada. And the scholars they mention here that here the messenger of Allah وسلم, he laid he laid out the order in which the da'i, the one who's calling to Islam the order in what he calls to. So he begins with the shahada because if they don't accept that, the prayer or any other action that they come with from the, from the actions of Islam doesn't benefit them. If they obey you in that, if they obey you in that shahada and that testification, then call them to, to or tell them and inform them that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made obligatory the five daily prayers in the day and in the night. So we come back to the question. The four pillars in the Priority, yani? Uh, as in the, no, the actions or the belief. Yani, do you mean as it relates to... Ah. In that issue here, there's a, there is a difference of opinion. Some from amongst the scholars, Amr al-Khattab, there's a narration going back to... There's a, some of the scholars, they mention that there are narrations going back to Amr al-Khattab that he held... That all the pillars are similar. Whoever doesn't give the zakat, for example, one who doesn't pray, one who doesn't uh, fast the month of Ramadan, one who doesn't perform the hajj when he's able to, then it's just like the shahada. If he leaves it, when he's capable of doing it, then there's no benefit to him. Yani he's not a Muslim. No, I mean after the shahada, the four pillars. So the four pillars. So after the shahada, even if he makes a shahada, even if he makes a shahada, there are some narrations go back to Amr al-Khattab and others, that even if he makes a shahada, he makes a shahada. But the other four pillars, he doesn't come with one of the other four pillars, then to reject any one of them, then he's not Muslim. However, there's a difference of opinion. Many of the scholars, the majority of the scholars actually hold that if a person wants to leave the zakat, leave Ramadan, leave the fasting of Ramadan, and Hajj, then he's still Muslim. He's still Muslim. However, 
with the salah, again, even with, it, with that issue of the salah, a difference of opinion. From them, those who say, who leaves off the salah, he's a, he's a non-Muslim. From them, those who say, no, he's Muslim. However, his crime is greater than murder, and adultery, fornication, stealing. His crime is greater than that. And the scholars, they differed as it relates to his punishment. However, you know, that's uh, a big discussion. And any of those punishments that, that, may, uh, that may come to a person's mind, and when discussing these matters, then what's extremely important for every single one of us to understand, especially here in this country, is that those prescribed punishments are not for the layman, the Muslim, the, order, the average Muslim, to take the law into his own hands and to implement these laws and these punishments, these prescribed punishments. These are to be carried out in the Muslim lands. In the Muslim lands, and again, not just by anyone in the Muslim lands, but by the ruler. By the ruler. So that is something that we, we must understand. We must always clarify. But with that, there is a difference of opinion concerning that. Again, a, a very big discussion to go into the proofs of uh, to the different positions. However, as Muslims here in this country, then it's important for us to educate the people, to, to, to not rush to take a position and then say to someone that if you don't give the zakat, if you don't fast the month of Ramadan, then you are not Muslim. Because even in all of this, there remains the issue of informing the person, teaching the person. It could be... The case that a person saw all he knew all his life that it isn't some of the, some of the, some of the Muslims they hold the belief that actions don't come into iman. Actions are not a part of iman. So long as you say la ilaha illallah and you believe it in your heart and you believe Islam is the truth and you accept it, then it doesn't matter about your actions. So some Muslims have been brought up like that. They that's what they understand. So it's important for us, we don't say that, they, that we say, oh no, that is not from Islam and the Iman with the Sahaba and the early generations of the Muslims. Is that Iman consists of speech on the tongue, belief in the heart and actions of the limbs. And so if you don't come with those actions of the limb, then you don't have Iman. And you are non-Muslim. No. We have to remove any doubts and teach them. Teach them and... Make sure they are aware. Coming back to the to the original point, which was the issue of song being mentioned before Hajj in the Hadith of Jibreel, but in this Hadith of Abdullah ibn Amr, mentioned after Hajj. Anyone know the answer? Sheikh uh, Abdul Muhsin Al Abad he mentioned here. And he explained this, and also Sheikh Ibn Uthaymeen, he explained this by saying that there has come in the hadith narrated by, Sahih Muslim, by, by Imam Muslim in his Sahih, also from Ibn Umar, that he said in a slightly different wording, Islam is built upon five. That Allah SWT is singled out alone with worship. And to establish the prayer, and to give the zakah, and to fast the month of Ramadan, 
والصيام رمضان والحج and then حج mentioned after فقال الرجل and then a man he said الحج وصيام رمضان meaning حج and then صيام رمضان he said قال عبد الله بن عمر he said لا no صيام رمضان والحج the fasting of Ramadan and then Hajj. هكذا سمعته من رسول الله من رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم. That is how I heard it from from the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم. But then why this Hadith also in the in the Sahihain Bukhari Muslim? Why is it coming this order? We mentioned something last week. The meaning, the meaning, Ahsant. The meaning. That this was from some of the narrators. Some of the narrators. That they mentioned Hajj before Siyam Ramadan. Uh, and it wasn't how the Messenger of Allah or in the order in how he said it. Here we have Umar, Abdullah ibn Amr himself clarifying. This is how he heard it from the Messenger of Allah and not that it changes the actual meaning of Islam being built upon five. Whichever order there is. So some of, the, some of the narrators didn't see that this affects the meaning. Right. These five pillars, as we mentioned before, have been mentioned or mentioned in this hadith due to their importance. So the first, the shahada. We mentioned that this is the most important pillar. A person needs to make sure he understands that pillar. He knows the conditions of the shahada. La ilaha illallah. When he makes that statement, and we mentioned in Thalat al Usul the seven conditions very briefly, but in reality, to explain in detail those seven conditions, then it requires going through a book in and of itself just uh, to explain those seven conditions and the proofs for them. But just very briefly, does anyone remember those conditions? Muhabbat, love. Naam. Yaqeen, certainty. Iwa. Lekhlas, sincerity. Naam, so how many, how many is that? Three? Al inqiyad, which means. Compliance to comply. Al ilm. Mm-hmm. Huh? Sidq. Truthfulness. Huh? I think that I think that's that's all of them, right? Al ilm, yaqeen, al qabul. Qabul also to accept that. Ilm qabul yaqeen qabul al inqiyad. Yeah, to comply or sidq to be truthful to that. Al ikhlas sincerity and al muhabba. And love for that. Tayyip. The five pillars, Sheikh Ibn Thameen, he mentions a very beautiful point. And we mentioned before that the five pillars, there's, there are different ways in how you can look at the five pillars. The five pillars as it relates to the occurrence of these pillars and how often they reoccur. Then we mentioned... From the viewpoint of how often they reoccur, then we mentioned concerning each pillar that the shahada, 
the first pillar, how often does that reoccur? Every moment of the Muslim's of, of Muslim's life, never cease. This first pillar, yani he never ceases to believe, stops to, yani believing in in this first pillar, even for a single moment, even for a single moment, a few seconds. If a person stops believing in that or refuses to utter it, then his Islam, yani, is no more. So the shahada never. Stops occurring with the Muslim. Not even for a moment. Ayyub, the salah. Daily, every day. Five times a day. The zakah. Once a year. The fasting of Ramadan. Once a year. And hajj. Once in a lifetime. Even from this any uh, definition or from this viewpoint here you can see the uh, the order as it relates to how often they occur that the yani the shahada every single moment and that's why it's the first pillar the second uh, every day five times the uh, zakat and the siyam once a year and the hajj at the end why because once in the, in, the, in the lifetime. Tayyip. From another angle, these five pillars, you can look at them um, from the angle of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, he tests the servant. Sheikh Ibn Athaymeen, he mentions here in his explanation of this hadith. And he explained this book. So the testification, or the shahadatan, the two testifications, the first pillar, then that is يعني, uh, a nutq, a nutq to utter with the tongue and belief in the heart. So here we're going to look at the five pillars from a different viewpoint. From the viewpoint of Allah testing the servants and also as it relates to what type of worship it is. So here this is worship of the tongue and the heart. The salah is action of the limbs and also the tongue because the person who recites and also the heart because any person should have khushu' in the, in, the, in the salah he should humble himself before Allah the zakat action but it's uh, it is um, Ibadah, worship that is yani maliyah, yani connected to one's wealth, money. Psalm, the fasting of Ramadan, hmm? action and worship of the limbs, the body. Hajj, hmm? all, all three, yani yeah, the tongue. Hmm? No doubt, the heart, and also the money and the body. Shafi he mentions that it's not always the case that when we think Hajj, you need to spend money. He said that it's possible that you don't spend any money. Any money. Like the person who is from Mecca. The person who is in Mecca, he doesn't need to spend any money. He makes Hajj. Even that food that he eats whilst doing Hajj, then he'd have to eat anyway, even if he wasn't 
making making the Hajj. However, here the Sheikh Sheikh uh, Ibn Uthaymeen he mentions that the these five pillars, that the wisdom behind these five great pillars is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests the servant in in various ways. So in it is Badl Mahbub. That a person he and he puts forward and strives with something that is and sacrifices something that is beloved to him. So for example, zakat. Money is beloved to him. But Allah tests him with departing from that money. And it's just a small amount compared to the amount that he uh, is allowed to keep for himself. So Allah will t- test him here with this pillar, with Badl Mahbub. With him departing with that which is beloved to him and yani spending from that which is Beloved to him. For the sake of Allah. وَالْكَفْ عَنِ الْمَحْبُوبِ And also, from these five pillars, is him staying away. And I'm staying from something which is mahbub to him, beloved to him. And that is? Siyam, Psalm. Food and drink, beloved to him. But Allah tests him. With this pillar of Psalm, staying away from something that is beloved to him. And... Also Allah tests him with striving with his body. And so all of this, he mentions that this is a test. A test because, Sheikh, he mentions that a person, that a person with these five pillars, Allah tests him in the complete way. Because some people, it may be easy for him to, to fast. It may be easy for him to stay away from something. However, to give something may be difficult. Fasting is easy. Stay away from something. But giving something may be difficult upon him. So, zakat. Giving from his, giving from his wealth. And so the Shaykh mentions from the people, you have one who, he'll fast. No problem. Maybe even fast the optional fast. However, he won't even spend a single, yani, uh, Pound uh, in the way of Allah or the zakat, stingy with his money. So Allah tests him from this angle. Or you may have someone who's willing to give with his wealth and he gives the zakat, no problem. But he doesn't like to stay away from food and drink and he finds that hard. So Allah tests him from this angle. Also, we mentioned concerning. The five pillars. Uh, we mentioned that the uh, we mentioned numerous times that the salah was made obligatory upon the Muslims when. And this is more of a review of what we studied before. Huh? Now the Isra and the Mi'raj, which was roughly which year. The Hijrah was the 13th year, right? So, some say on the t- in the 10th year, three years before. Difference of opinion. Some say two years before, a year before. The Zakat, obligated when? 
Second year. Siyam? Fasting? Second year. And the Hajj? Huh? In the ninth year. In the ninth year. When did the Prophet ﷺ make the Hajj? In the ninth year? As soon as it became obligatory? In the tenth. In the tenth year. Tayyip. What's the Qareena of a Salah? Qareena, when I say Qareena, it means close companion. That which is always يعني, with it. Huh? Zakat. Zakat. So in the Quran, you always find, or you find many times, that Salah and Zakat are mentioned together. Salah and Zakat are mentioned together. Tayyip. What's the Qareena of Suyam? Hmm? Qiyam. That the Qareena, or that which is commonly mentioned with Suyam, is Qiyam. Standing in prayer. Standing in prayer. And so we have in the hadith, Man, Sama Ramadan, whoever fast month of Ramadan, Imanan, Wahtisaban, with Iman and hoping for reward from Allah. Then uh, his previous sins will be forgiven. And in the other hadith, whoever stands the nights of Ramadan. So Qiyam and Suyam are commonly mentioned together. Tayyip, the Qareena of Hajj. Hmm? The close companion of Hajj. Sabar? Kid, you need sabar in Hajj. Kid. Huh? Umrah. Tayyib al-Dalil. And the proof? Or can you, can you remember any verses? Wa'atimu al-Hajj wa al-Umrah lillah. And complete the Hajj and the Umrah lillah. Tayyib? Man Hajj al-Bayta? Aw'i'tamar. Yani i'tamar yani Umrah. Perform the Umrah. فمن تمتع ها فمن تمتع بالعمرة إلى الحج عمرة والحج mentioned together so يعني that's the close companion the close companion of الحج is عمرة طيب the close companion of جهاد واستقرينا of جهاد ها زكاة that we mentioned zakah already. And the qareena of zakah is? Salah. Hmm? Huh? Hijrah. 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 You find in many places in the Quran, jihad and hijrah mentioned together. Inna ladhina. Huh? Amanu. Walladhina hajaru wa jahadu. And always mentioned together. Jihad and hijrah. Tayyip. The six pillars, as for the six pillars of Imam, we mentioned, we mentioned them, or they were mentioned in this, the, uh, the hadith of Jibreel, not in this hadith, but we did mention and we did explain in some detail the six pillars of Iman when we, when we looked at the explanation of Thalathat al-Usul. The six pillars of Iman consist of the first pillar, الإيمان بالله وملائكته وكتبه ملائكته يعني angels كتبه his books ورسله his messengers 
يوم الآخر the last day and the قدر the good from it and the bad from it. طيب the حديث جبريل he mentioned them in that order. Sheikh Saleh Fawzan he 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 was asked concerning why they were mentioned in this order. Does anyone remember? Because we explained that why these six pillars of Iman were mentioned in this order. So the brother he mentioned correctly that the belief in Allah that's the asas and the asl usul a person if he doesn't believe in, in Allah then the, the other pillars he's not going to believe in those pillars the rest of the pillars so the belief in Allah first and foremostly and then the belief in the angels because the angels are the يعني, that medium between Allah and the creation. And so the angels, they come, malaikati, wa rasuli. They come with books. And that is Jibreel alayhi salam. He comes with the wahi. And he gives that to the, the messengers, the, the rusul. So the angels, or the angel Jibreel, السلام, because the angels, there are many, and they have wada'if, they have 
يعني, roles and responsibilities and that which they are commissioned with by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From them Jibreel alayhi salam, the angel who is al-muwakkal bil-wahi and commissioned and trusted with the revelation. And he comes to the messengers and he passes on that revelation through the form of the kutub, the books. And then whoever believes in the messengers and those books that were given to the messengers, then all of the messengers they call to the last day. They call to the last day. They, they inform their people that there is a last day. The last day that yani, the people will inevitably uh, meet that last day and when everybody will be brought back to life and there will take place those yani, those various events Yom Al-Qiyamah from the people going or them being raised from their graves firstly and then taken to the mahshar and then being brought to account the hisab, the scales good deeds being weighed, the bad deeds being weighed and the bridge the people crossing over the bridge and the people finding their abode either to Jannah or the Nar, the, fire, the hellfire and all of that requires that a person works towards that last day and then this requires that a person he he acts upon all of that and he prepares for that last day however he performs those actions and he has tawakkal upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that is connected to the qadr of Allah that is connected to the qadr of Allah that a person he he acts but he knows that his affair is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that the hearts of the yani servants of Ar-Rahman are between his two fingers. So a person constantly has a talk of Allah and he doesn't he doesn't have that belief that some of the Muslims they have and some from the uh, yani groups from this ummah who rejected the qadr who rejected the qadr some people they believe that whatever Allah has written for me if, I, if you don't see me if you don't see me practicing those five pillars namely the, the five daily prayers you don't see me fasting the month of Ramadan you don't see me uh, giving the zakat and those are the actions that you might do and they might say that you know you know you're you're yani in the arab world they say mutawwa' yani you're just like you're on another level you're on another level and you're doing extra but allah hasn't guided me and some people may use the qadr they say allah hasn't written it for me he hasn't written for me that I pray. Allah has written for you, alhamdulillah, that you pray and you are practicing Islam, but Allah hasn't written it for me. So that there is not correct. That a person uses the qadr of Allah. He uses the qadr of Allah to make out that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
has not guided him. However, upon a person, he said he acts and he takes the means and he he does those things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered him with. A person, for a person to, 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 for him to use this as an excuse, then you find that his actions, they contradict, his actions in his other affairs contradict this belief that he has. So if a person, for example, he, he needs to earn money, he doesn't say to himself, well, Allah, yani, I'm going to stay at home, and whatever Allah has written, if He's written for me that I'll get rich, then I'll get rich. Just like He says, if, he's, if Allah has written for me to pray my five daily prayers and for me to be a practicing Muslim, then yeah, and I have to wait until Allah has written that for me. And if a person wants to get married, if a person wants children, he knows he's got to get married and take the means. He doesn't say a child will come without getting married. You'll find that he'll take the means and get married. And then, if Allah SWT, even with that, even with that, that it comes back to that tawakkal upon Allah and the qadr of Allah, no doubt. That you may will something and desire something, but if Allah SWT hasn't wished that for you, willed that for you and written that for you, then it doesn't matter what you do. And in that is a test also. In that is a test. Allah may, you may get married, desire children, and you take, you have taken the means, but many years have gone by, and you don't have a child. And that is a test also, that a person, because this life is a test, whether a person will stay patient and seek that reward, whether a person now, he's going to be tested in his faith, will he now go to the, the magicians and to yani, these, these people who, they, the people may believe that they have knowledge of the unseen or they have powers with them. They're able to bring about children for you. So a person now, he's tested in this, uh, with this, with the qadr of Allah. He's also tested. So, these are the pillars of Islam and the pillars of Iman. And we continue with the next hadith next week. And that is that hadith concerning, narrated by Ibn Mas'ud. A tremendous hadith. Um, wherein uh, we will discuss this matter of qadr also in a bit more detail. وفق الله الجميع لما يحب ويرضى وصلى الله وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين.